This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy. And I'm the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. Well, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. I hope folks are going to have a good Thanksgiving. And I really hope that you're able to get together with friends or family. We're having a a lot of friends over to our house, and we're planning to make a big turkey. And Well, I'm excited about it. It's always a good times of uh, fellowship and, and times of being together and happiness and joy. And what a blessing the Lord has given us here in our country. And, of course, you know, after Thanksgiving, everyone's got their Black Friday sales. Of course, I think, I think now, and this is just a little thing. I won't get into this much. Uh, it's expanding. It's becoming more like a Black Friday week. It's, like, already started in a lot of places. And I think that's good. I know a lot of people don't. They like the tradition of going out shopping. But I feel like every time that rolls around people are getting angry with one another they're pushing one another they're they're hiding stuff so they can buy it in the store and things like that i like getting things online i like that it's a longer it's less contention there's less tension there's less uh of fighting with one another and more time to spend with family and friends and i like that that's i'm okay with people buying online and having a whole week and not taking their time and not having that big rush before or right after thanksgiving but spend time with your family this week folks enjoy the dinner we're looking at revelation chapter 15 and chapter 16 uh, today uh, two ch- these two chapters belong together. And if you haven't heard the other Revelation lessons, you can go to our website. Go to www.nvcoc.net. Click on that radio mic and you'll find this episode and all the previous ones right there for your listening pleasure. So, chapter 15 and 16, they belong together. We're going to approach a third scene from heaven. We now add the bowls of wrath to the seals and trumpets. You may remember uh, the opening of the seals. That revealed something to the saints. That's us, those who are in Christ. The blowing of the trumpets indicates warnings. And now the bowls of wrath will represent the complete judgment of God. In chapter 15, we are again given the picture of uh, Christians in heaven... They're safe from whatever is going to happen there on earth, or here on earth. Uh, With the saints removed, the earth is ripe for judgment. And that's what we're going to see in chapter 16. But first, we want to take a look at chapter 15. Let's uh, read verses 1 through 4 first, and then we'll, we'll look at those verses. Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, Seven angels who had seven plagues, which are the last, because in them the wrath of God is finished. And I saw something like a sea of glass mixed with fire, and those who had been victorious over the beast and his image and the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, holding harps of God. 
And they sang the song of Moses, the bondservant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God, the Almighty. Righteous and true are your ways, King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. For all the nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. So verses 1 through 4, sorry. Verse 1 seems clear to me, but uh, you know, there's, I'm sure there's a variety of views among the commentators. But my view is that we begin a new vision, and this is to be a vision of the final judgment, as he said. Uh, but before John is allowed to see the destruction that's going to come in chapter 16 upon the wicked earth, he's given a vision of the saints. They're standing on the sea of glass. Uh, In the throne vision of chapter 4, toward the beginning of Revelation, there was a sea of glass-like crystal. Uh, That was verse 6. And since the saints are now standing on this sea, now uh, if you you listen to that or if you remember, I said that showed that no one could approach God. But now... They're standing on this sea. This might represent either the righteousness of God in the sense that they have been declared righteous or the providence of God in bringing them safely to heaven into his presence. It's a sea of glass. It's mixed with fire. This seems to be the trials they endured, perhaps. Uh, they're victorious over the beast. These did not receive the number of, in the sense that they did not give in to the pressure to serve him, Satan. And here are Christians who have not conformed to the world. Romans 12, verse 2. They're holding the harps of God, probably symbolizing worship of these Christians. Chapter 5, we saw the four living creatures and the 24 elders with them. It pictures a heavenly praise. It's a vision. It's a picture. All it's meant to do is to show us uh, what's going on. It gives you the visual. All right, verses 3 and 4. Uh, the Song of Moses and the Lamb. This is likely a reference to Exodus 15, when the Egyptians were destroyed at the Red Sea, remember, and the people sang with Moses a song of deliverance. The Lamb delivers us from the slavery of sin. All the saved, from the Old Testament uh, times to the New Testament times, they're all singing praises to God for their eternal salvation. And uh, that's the the first few verses. So we're already seeing, where are the saints? They're in heaven. They're praising God. They're in the presence of God. Uh, They're declared righteous, or or they're providentially uh, saved from the trials. All right, verses 5 through 8, the end of the chapter here. After these things, I looked, and the temple of the tabernacle of testimony in heaven was opened. And the seven angels who had the seven plagues came out of the temple, clothed in linen, clean and bright, and girded around their chest with golden sashes. Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God, And from his power. And no one was able to enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. Oh, man. So here we have. We have the temple of the tabernacle. The mosaic tent 
carry through the wilderness, but specifically the holiest place of the tabernacle where the Ark of the Covenant rested. It was a visible representation of God, closed off by the veil, that curtain, but now it is opened, indicating free access to God. Seven angels come out. These come forth from the Holy of Holies. They're sent out from the very presence of God. They have his authority. They got that golden sash around their chest. Reminds us of the vision of Christ in chapter 1, verse 13. Christ's ultimate victory will be realized at the end of time when judgment is brought upon his enemies. That's what we're seeing happening here. Verse 7, they have seven golden bowls. Why it is one of the four living creatures who hands out the bowls? Well, that's a mystery. I don't know. Uh, These creatures are special servants of God acting with his authority. The bowls are filled with God's ultimate wrath. When they are finished being poured out, emptied, there will be no more wrath. Thus, final judgment. Verse 8. The temple was filled with smoke. This recalls divine presence at the dedication of the tent of meeting in the wilderness. Whenever the the cloud or the smoke would fill it, people knew God was there. No one was able to enter the temple there in verse 8. The very dwelling place of God, the holiest of holies in the universe. The saints are safe. But the final reward is given only when the final judgment becomes reality. And that brings us to chapter 16. Let's read verses 1 and 2. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. So the first angel went out and poured out his bowl on the earth. And it became a loathsome and malignant sore on the people who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his image. So there in verse 1, he's told to go and pour. uh, What is about to happen is different than the seven trumpets, which merely blasted warnings. Now something is emptied on the earth. It is the wrath of God. How are we to view this vision of judgment? Does judgment come in stages uh, at different times? Probably not. I'm not satisfied with all of my interpretations here, but it may be best to see here different views of judgment or looking at judgment from different perspectives. All seven bowls together make up the whole or the complete judgment. That's probably the best way to see that. I don't think this is how it's going to happen literally. But I think it's just try. It's an image. Remember, it's like a picture. How bad is it going to be? Bad. This is going to be bad. I think that's what this image is uh, intending to put forth. Look at verse 3. The second angel poured out his bowl into the sea. And it became blood like that of a dead man, and every living thing in the sea died. So here's the sea, which refers uh, to the saltwater oceans. The sea is often interpreted by scholars as the multitudes of people, like a dead man, might point us to the concept of humanity. Death always equals separation. Life is only available to those who are numbered with the Lamb. And I think I think that's what's was uh, implied there. Um, verse, verses 4 through 7. 
Then the third angel poured out uh, his bowl into the rivers and the springs of waters, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters saying, Righteous are you who are and who were, O holy one, because you judged these things. For they poured out the blood of the saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. They deserve it. And I heard the altar saying, Yes, O Lord God, the Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. Okay. Rivers, these are the fresh waters, the drinking water, and essential of life on earth is removed. Only the Lamb offers the water of life. Uh, he heard the angel of the waters saying, uh, What the angel says speaks of God's righteous judgment. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. And what is given here is God's wrath upon those who persecuted the saints. You may remember back in chapter 6, verse 9, the saints who were under the altar crying out, Where's our uh, uh, not uh, righteous, where's our uh, justice for, for the, the killing of them? They wanted justice. And God gave them a new set of clothes and said, Be patient, wait. Not This is not yet the time. Well, now's the time. The third bowl, it, it, here it is. The judgment is coming. This is what they were waiting for. Verses 8 and 9. The fourth angel poured out his bowl upon the sun and it was given it uh, and it was given to it to scorch men with fire men were scorched with fierce heat and they blasphemed the name of God who has the power over these plagues and they did not repent so as to give him glory ah oh, sad so verses 8 and 9 you got the sun the sun again also it's an essential part to sustaining earthly life. What was originally given as a blessing to man now becomes a curse, just like the, the fresh waters. That's where they got all their fresh waters to drink. Now all they have is blood to drink. They, they look to the sun for the, its blessings, but now it's a curse. The sun once gave off the warmth and comfort. Now it's intolerable. This will be a fierce judgment. And yet, knowing what this is from, they did not repent, but they blasphemed, meaning they, they spoke out against God. It is too late for these to turn to God. They had ample opportunity in their lifetime to repent, but they refused. This pictures a people so hardened in their hearts that if the sun was unleashed upon them and the Waters, fresh waters were turned to blood, they still would not give God the glory. <laughs> Judgment will be severe against those who harden their hearts and do not give thanks for God's blessings upon them. Really, truly sad state of affairs of what's going on here. So we got the first four bowls, and even if we, we stop there at the fourth bowl, this is just harsh oh man life it's terrible of course this is the ending judgment this is perhaps even you could say maybe this is what hell is going to be like for them i don't know not that it will be literally like this on earth but i'm just saying maybe this is what the picture is but it's the judgment upon them and that's what hell will be for them there'll be a judgment all right verses 10 and 11 the fifth bowl then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom became darkened, and they gnawed their tongues because of pain, and they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and they 
did not repent of their deeds. So upon the throne of the beast, this seems to mark the end to all the anti-Christian nations, all that had opposed Christianity. It's darkened. That's the absence of light. There's no truth for them. This kingdom is done. It's never to rise to power again. Uh, the unbearable pain was so bad they gnawed their tongues out. Uh, it makes me think of the, the many times in the Gospels, like in Matthew eight twelve, where he talks about in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth in that place. Where? Hell. That's why I wonder, you know, is this a picture of hell? Not literally hell, but a picture of how bad it's going to be. I think so. Sounds pretty horrible. I don't want to be part of that. Do you? Repent. Redeem the time, as the uh, name of the show indicates. Make the most of every opportunity, folks. Now's the time. Think about your life. Examine yourself. And you can only examine yourself. Here's a little excursus here. You can only examine yourself if you know truth. Don't rely on just what I'm saying here on the radio, folks. Don't rely on just your preacher, wherever you may be attending. Don't rely on just, if you're a Catholic, don't just rely on the Pope or the priests. They may be telling, be careful studying the Bible because you, you, you may skew it or uh, misinterpret it. Do you want to take the chance of going to hell? How can you know for certain you've got the truth? Are you going to rely on fallible man? Or are you going to look at the Word of God for yourself and read and study? That's what I would do. That's what I did. So, folks, come on. Don't rest your salvation on man. Rest it on the, in the full word of God. All right. Bull 6. Done with the excursus. Bull number 6, verses 12 through 16. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river, the Euphrates, and its water was dried up so that the way would be prepared for the kings from the east. And I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet three unclean spirits like frogs. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them together for the war of the great day of God the Almighty." Behold, now there's a little parenthetical statement here in verse 15. Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes so that he will not walk about naked and men will not see his shame. In the parenthetical statement, verse 16. And they gathered them together in the place which in Hebrew is called Har Magadon. Oh, man. All right, let's interpret this. Go back to the beginning there in verse 12. You got the Euphrates River. It was at this river, historically, that such great nations as Assyria, Babylon, and Persia assembled large numbers for tremendous conflicts. It seems to be a symbol for battle. If the river was dried up, then the kings of the east would have free access to the west. God dries it up to make it easy for the anti-Christian powers to gather for the last great battle. It is like an invitation to doom and destruction. 
Again, this is not to be taken literally. The, the battle's not going to be over there in Israel or Palestine or anything like that, as some espoused. No, it's just a picture. It's imagery. Next, you have the dragon. That's Satan. The dragon is again active. You have the beast. That's the anti-Christian nations and governments. The false prophet. That's the land beast. False religions that lead people away from the truth. So you stick with the word of God. Don't rest your salvation on men, folks. And then you have this interesting thing. This three unclean spirits like frogs. The evil influence going forth from evil sources. What comes from uh, uh, these uh, these is a lie. It comes forth from these guys. It's a lie. They deceive the kings of the whole world to bring their kingdoms, all the peoples of the world, to the Euphrates for war against God. They are deceived into thinking that they can win. But in reality, God has lured them all together for his own triumph over all his enemies. How sad. Verse 15 is a word for the readers. It's a parathetical thought. When judgment finally comes, it will come quickly and unexpectedly. So be ready. Folks, redeem the time. We don't have much time left. You better make the most of it. And you have that that word, Har-Megadon, or Armageddon, which is uh, in Hebrew means mountain of slaughter. More will be seen of this battle in chapter 19. It does not refer to some earthly or physical war, but to the final judgment and victory of God over all that is evil. Over in chapter 19, that's where uh, Satan's released and he gathers all the... uh, uh, the, the armies for war and he surrounds the people of God and he's about ready to pounce and then God destroys them. Fire comes down from heaven and gone. Some people are always con- sometimes confused by chapter 19 or what that means. It's just another symbol of this. Satan deceiving the world to think that they can uh, win this war, but they cannot. They cannot. They will lose. They will die. The seventh bowl, verses 17 to 21. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl upon the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder, and there was a great earthquake, such as there had not been seen, uh, sorry, such as there had not been since man came to be upon the earth. So great an earthquake was it, and so mighty. The great city was split into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. Babylon the great was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of his fierce wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. And huge hailstones, about 100 pounds each, came down from heaven upon men. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, because of its plague, because its plague was extremely severe. So there's air, perhaps the final essential to life on earth. Without air, there can be no life on earth. That's it. It's gone. Uh, Earthquake, uh, symbols of the actions of God in judgment. Babylon, or the great city, the seduction to sin, temptation, the spiritual evil of the world and worldliness. 
other views as an apostate religion or an enormous false religious system or Jerusalem or Rome or the Roman Catholic Church, some say. Uh, I think it's just uh, uh, all the whole world of sins, what that represents, I believe. It's split into three parts. Uh, I'm sure about this. Perhaps the three persons of the Godhead involved in the judgment. Um, I don't know. That's something I'm still working on. Uh, you got the cities of the nations, every island and mountains. These may merely point us to the fullness of destruction. There will be no escape. No deserted isle or mountain hideaway can produce any sense of security or safety. And that's it. And so let's recap. You got the seven bowls. The first bowl affected the earth. The second bowl, the sea. The third bowl, the rivers and springs. That the, the fresh waters affected that. The fourth bowl, the sun. The fifth bowl, the thrones of the beast, which, uh, you know, the governments uh, and all the anti-Christian nations. The sixth bowl dried up the Euphrates, opening up uh, the possibility for a great battle. And then the seventh bowl, he took away their air. And that was it. Final judgment. Now, next week, we're going to look at uh, chapter 17. And we'll uh, look at, uh, well, we'll look at that. We'll get to that. I hope you can join us there again. If you haven't heard the previous lessons, I, I implore you, go to our website, www.nvcoc.net. Click on that radio mic. This episode, all our previous ones will be there for the Revelation series. I hope you can take a, a listen to those. I'm, I'm still working on getting things uh, more set up for the Facebook page. I'm hoping to get some help with that here in the near future. But I hope this has been encouraging and strengthening for you. That's what the the writer and what God intended Revelation to be, to encourage those who are in Christ to not give up. It may seem like Satan's winning in the world. He's going to make it look like it, make it feel like we're, he's winning. But he's not. He cannot. He has no hope. He's already lost. All we must do is hold fast. Keep our minds and hearts set on things above where Christ is. And folks, I, I encourage you to remember, don't rest your salvation on men. Open up the Word of God. Read and study it for yourself and know the truth. I hope everyone out there has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Please be safe. I know we got some more rain scheduled to come on that day and others. Be safe. Uh, be of good cheer. Have joy in your heart. Don't, don't lose your patience for your fellow man. And be wise in all that you say and do, that you do everything to the glory of the Lord. Thank you, and may God bless you. Take care. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ.